The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lepercaro, and this episode's guest is Eliza Shaddad. Eliza Shaddad is a Sudanese-Scottish artist. Her sound is equal parts gritty grunge and soft folk, and she pens her lyrics with unabashed transparency. On The Woman You Want, Eliza writes about the lows of lockdown, new marriage, and pushing against the expectations that others put on her. So, starting off, I mean, this is not an easy record to start with like kind of light small talk you kind of have to just dive right in which i sort of love about it um you are very frank in the way that you write which is really wonderful um you're very willing to talk about the uncomfortable the vulnerable stuff in relationships both past and present and it never comes across as cruel or as demeaning towards the people that are in your life it's very much just here's what's up. These are just parts of the fabric of life, like it or not. Um, I'm glad that it doesn't come across as cruel. I've definitely had, <laughs> I've definitely had moments before releasing tracks. Well, I mean, months before releasing, like having brought them to the studio and being like, this is so private. Um, and then hearing it and then maybe not worrying too much about it and then hearing the actual finished produced master track and being about to send it out to radio or press and being like oh, okay how <laughs> do I mitigate <laughs> can I mitigate this in any way like and I've checked with a lot of people before putting stuff out as well actually just to be like by the way I just want to make sure that you're comfortable with this yeah actually, that's fraught with peril but I'm glad it <laughs> comes across <laughs> not unfairly Again, it's, I mean, hey, even in in the best and most healthy, positive relationships in our lives, there are going to be things that are tricky, and I like the honesty. I think it, we need more of that in the world. We need more people being like, see, even beautiful things aren't always sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes, mm. sometimes it is tricky, and you have to learn to value that as part of the experience as well. Uh, yeah, I guess you learn just as much from that if not more um than from all the good times as well exactly and then you slowly learn to put less pressure on yourself as well which i know is a big part of this album and things that you've been thinking about and that's kind of what we're getting into now because i i really love the juxtaposition between the title of the album slash title track which is the woman you want versus the opening track the man i admire it's kind of a cool like again thing to put next to each other and I feel like there's a lot in that because when I look at the lyrics of the two songs 
they both have to do a lot with expectations that you hold towards yourself and towards a partner. It's almost like you're looking at a partner expecting them to be like, you're in my life now, you're going to fix everything and you're going to, you know, be the sort of salve over all of the my wounds or my issues or whatever and then simultaneously kind of looking down on yourself and being like I do not have enough to give in return and it's a very sad way to look at both because it means that you're holding someone to a standard and you're also being unkind to yourself at the same time Mm. yeah I feel like I am I always end up looking at things from all sides in the songs so even if the beginning of it is like I am so unhappy you are not doing (laughs) what you're supposed to be doing by the end I'm like yeah but also okay neither am I and also (laughs) um, there's a lot of reasons for this and blah blah Um, and the same the other way around like if it starts with me saying I'm I'm really sorry that I did that um, later on it's like but you know I kind of had this going on and that going like I think that I mean there are two sides to every story basically and I think part of the freedom that I feel to be honest about stuff is because often I am expressing the different sides so it's not just like I'm putting across one point of view and not putting any arguments across for anyone else it's like this is this is the situation basically as I see it um yeah and I guess the man I admire in particular is 100% about expectations and the whole record is like what do you expect of yourself and what do you expect to those around you and what's fair and what's right and what's justified and what isn't yeah it feels like a lot of the record rather than necessarily always going into details of what certain people are expecting, it does do that, but not to like always in this kind of minute degree. It's more of like finally pushing back and fighting back and being like, I I don't want to put up with this anymore because I don't deserve to, you know? Um, Yeah, I think, I think there's been so much time to think over the last few months like so much time for self-reflection and kind of mirroring of what you think about yourself in the wake of the way people are treated across the world with things like Black Lives Matter like really kind of stopping and trying to figure out how it is you feel about things and how it is you act in different situations like enormous amount of self-reflection basically and that's that's where it led me with all of these songs like what kind of woman do I want to be what do I expect from the people around me what do they expect of me yes inextricably linked yeah yeah that makes me think again of the title of the album the idea of the woman you want rather than calling Mm. it like the woman I want you know Mm. yeah I mean I did I've (laughs) I've (laughs) when I was picking the title I was like "Mm, yes okay does that make more sense uh the woman we want the women we want like I've (laughs) I've thought about every variation of it but yeah, this one made the most sense. <laughs> yeah, again, I think it works with that whole idea of that push and pull. And speaking of what you said, like, I mean, you definitely talk about the COVID period a lot in this record. And I I had written in my notes, it feels like this was sort of like a time of reckoning with, again, with mental health, with your reactions to these expectations to the relationships in your life. Mm. Um. When I first started making it, and once I had kind of most of the songs written, I really I felt like it was just going to be a real like window of time, like it would be really um, specific to that moment and that situation. And looking back on it, but at the same time, the songs I wasn't trying to. I mean, I was probably actively trying not to write about like being in lockdown and there being a COVID and anything. Like I felt like that wouldn't age terribly well. Um, but. <laughs> 
I mean, let's hope, let's hope that it, it wouldn't have aged well. Um, but I think I just really, I mean, you can't help it, right? You're just affected by the situation that you're in. And looking back on a lot of the songs, I can see so clearly, like Now You're Alone, for example, it's, I mean, it's clearly hugely influenced by what everyone was going through at the time and what I particularly was going through. But I hope at least that it's a little more subtle. <laughs> there's no, like, there's no extricating it for the fact that it was recorded then and even the way that we recorded it like at home instead of in a studio all these different parameters got changed because of the constraints of the time um but ultimately i hope at least that it kind of supersedes supersedes them oh it does i mean there's definitely little moments that create time markers in the record but there's also other moments that feel like they very much exist in in the past like i think i'm trying to remember which song it was there was one that was definitely kind of like relationship oriented. I don't know if that it was fine and peachy. Yeah, it might have actually just been um, either like fine and peachy or tired of trying. There's like one some moments in the record that feel like they are talking more about the past. They feel like they don't sit mm. in this like last year and a half. Mm. There are a couple of songs on there that are older. Um, most of them were written in March and April of last year, but uh, Fine and Peachy, it's kind of one of them, although it got updated a bit, um, which is rare for me. Like normally the song is finished and it, it is never touched again. <laughs> um, and In the Morning, um, which is about my two grandmothers, that one, that's one I've actually been playing live for quite a while and have really wanted to put on many different records and it's just never quite fit until now. Yeah. And I it's funny you mentioned that one cuz that one was definitely a huge standout to me particularly in the lens of of expectations and stuff and please correct me if I'm wrong but it very much felt like it was looking at the expectations around grief and what grief is supposed to look like. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Things like yeah, people telling you what to read and that flowers are a lovely, <laughs> a lovely thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just examining all of that through the lens of grieving as well, which, um, I don't know, makes it starker, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange how something as intimate as grief can be, like, people can hold expectations around it. It's like, it's such a, a personal experience mm. and... It's so yours that, like, the idea of anyone being like, well, this is how you're supposed to experience it is like, mm. no, that's mm. not how this goes. And, yeah, it's it's strange how, like, the judgments of others can reach the most, like, intimate emotions and intimate, like, human experiences. Mm. I think it's extra hard with grief because I think people who might comment on the way that somebody is grieving generally it comes from a place of like wanting to help so if you're not letting it out they want you to be able to express it or if they can see that you're suffering it comes from a kind of good place but it's it's just generally quite unwelcome <laughs> in that moment yeah I mean then again I think a lot of things come from a good place and ironically end up making things worse so mm. <laughs> yeah welcome to being human <laughs> <laughs> That's just all of us. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to remember what else I was going to talk about and all the here. I mean, particularly with, um, I guess, coming back within, I, I guess, still the COVID time, it definitely seems like it let you think a lot about things like mental health as well, because that's mm. very much on the album. And I know, I mean, 
for myself, when when you're put in a situation where you really have to just sit with it, whether you like it or not, whether it be because of an external event like COVID that's forced you to be in your house or the severity of whatever you're going through and you just kind of have to look at it whether you like it or not, as uncomfortable as that is, it can often allow you to really start to think and really start to face any coping mechanisms that you have or any behaviors. So I don't know if any of this, like what I'm saying, rings true to what you've experienced and what you've written about here. But if so, like, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, it's it's bang on, basically. <laughs> um, there was, I'm sure for a lot of people, but especially for for me, um, when the first kind of lockdowns came into being here in the UK, we were on tour. We stopped tour halfway through and came home and I planned to be working on the album after that. So it was crushing not to be able to finish it, but obviously under the circumstances made sense. And it was in reality just coming to do what I'd planned to do a few weeks earlier. Um, so originally I was like, okay, well, I need solitude and like quiet and lack of distractions for writing. So I'm just going to take advantage of this time at home. And for the first couple of weeks, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Everything's strange, but <laughs> it's going to be fine. I'm going to smash, <laughs> I'm going to smash this. <laughs> and then very quickly, I think it became very clear that no distractions, no outside interference, nothing to kind of take your attention away from waking up every day in the same spot, doing exactly the same things, trying to write, finding it hard because of like general stress levels, anything else that was going on. And I mean, it's just that all of the distractions that you normally have around you and that take you out of being in a certain frame of mind or in a certain mood just didn't exist, basically. So there were a lot of mornings where I just woke up feeling super, super sad and there was like not very much to do about it. And I'd just gotten married and I married this um, amazing human and in many respects like super happy but still found myself finding it really um, quite tricky. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the weirdest things for me was that I had a kind of a couple of years, a few years ago where I was like deliciously wonderfully single basically and I really looked at it as like I'm just gonna be myself and get to know myself and I'm gonna have all of this time I'm gonna figure out everything about me that I like maybe I wondered okay maybe I do this because of this person and maybe this and like I just felt like it was perfect time to self-explore and um and I really learned a lot from it but what I realized during the first lockdown was that this was basically that, but there was another person there the whole time. <laughs> so if you wake up feeling sad, if you're kind of on your own, you either feel it or you distract yourself. Or if it's a normal scenario, like you go out the house and go to work with people and like you, you suck it up if you can, basically. And now it was like, well, I trust you and I love you and I want to be really honest with you. But also like it's a lot of pressure to be stuck indoors together, to not be feeling happy and to share it with someone. So that was kind of where a lot of the songwriting started coming from and then when it became really clear we weren't going to be able to go into the studio and make the album as planned with a whole live band and I asked Ben to make it with me here at home in this exact room that I'm talking to you from <laughs> um it just the intensity like got dialed up a notch because you'd wake up in the morning not feeling very happy you'd walk like four 
feet into the next room you'd sit down and then you would look up at your partner and be like okay today we're recording a song about us <laughs> which I wrote downstairs <laughs> about when we wake up in the mornings together four foot away from here like it was re- it was meta <laughs> like it was um it was very intense and I'm I'm I mean, I'm I'm delighted that we are still together and still <laughs> very happy. Um, because there were times where it was like, "Whoo, this is this is asking a lot of anybody," you know. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and again, that brings me right back to what I was saying at the beginning about the woman you want and the man I admire. It was like I definitely immediately picked up on that. Like, mm. and it just. I mean, everything you just said, obviously the joy of being married while also going through your own personal stuff, like, you know, the joy of a new marriage isn't going to save you from yourself. And mm. <laughs> and I don't say that in like a gross blunt way. It's more, it's just the two coexist. Yeah. They don't get yeah, rid yeah. of each other. Um, and yeah, the, so like I said before, this album's definitely reckoning with that fact quite mm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think there's, I've, I've... I think both neither of us had never really planned to marry, for example. Um, but I think it's quite important, like culturally and for, f- with family and everything like that. And um, it was it was interesting because we kind of didn't have a preconception of like what it would mean to be husband and wife. Like it didn't really feel like it would change anything. Um, and in most ways, like it, it obviously didn't. Um, but it was interesting trying to figure out, okay on on the other side of it basically and having all this time to think being like okay hang on wait should it have changed anything is there anything that we should be doing differently now should I feel different like it was a yeah I mean there was just a lot of time to think and I think overthinking is probably a um a an issue sometimes um and (laughs) yeah but but I mean I think that's how I that's kind of my process for writing as much as anything like the first trigger for writing is always some really intense emotion be it happy or sad um and then comes the like thinking about it from all different sides and then come the lyrics that tell the whole story you know from top to bottom Mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of I guess this idea of marriage and stuff it's definitely played into the album artwork because obviously you're wearing a veil on the artwork so is that does that have to do with any of this idea of like I guess marriage suddenly being something that randomly came into your life and all these like changing expectations of I guess what love and relationships are going to look like for you well for the artwork I was really keen to kind of bring in quite a lot of symbolism um so I've got the veil which yes signifies being recently married um I am wearing sweatpants um (laughs) to signify (laughs) staying at home all the time um there is like a piece of Sudanese cloth trailing from uh, a pedestal that I'm sat on and it's kind of to represent the Sudanese heritage that I have I guess and tied into that is kind of marriage and the expectation of it and being on a pedestal is all of the expectations of being a woman being a woman in music being kind of a team leader slash boss in music and being a wife and being a daughter and being half Sudanese so I really I 
we took a lot of photos for the album cover because I knew I wanted everything to tie in really well together with the singles. And as soon as I saw that shot and saw how everything had come together, I just felt like this is the it's a it's a it's a kind of mysterious, but in in a way that like if you listen to it, I'm sure you'll I'm sure anyone will see like how it all sort of fits in together. Oh yeah, no, I I see it. And <laughs> again, speaking of these same sets of themes. There's one song, it's it's semi an outlier on the album, but still ties into everything. And it's just also a really pretty song, which is Waiting Game. Um, mm. And I mean, I think it's adorable. I really like it. It's a very, <laughs> very sweet song. Like it kind of feels like that feeling of like that childhood crush, like that anticipation, but very much carried into adult life. Funnily enough, that one is very um what is the word earnest um I guess especially when it starts and I it's actually the first song that I have ever released on a record of mine that I wrote with somebody else um I wrote it with this lovely guy called Ben Christophers and it was a really different writing experience to anything I've experienced previously it's very much like a kind of overarching guidance rather than like a let's do line by line sort of thing i've had i've like had it's rare that i've enjoyed writing with somebody else just because most of the stories are so personal i don't i don't have any space for anyone else's view (laughs) um or way of saying it and i just have plenty to say myself um but i think more than anything this song started with just like a little guitar riff and there was something about working with somebody else on it that kind of let me stay in one place for more of it. So I think maybe that's why it has this kind of earnestness throughout the whole song, rather than going like, I mean, instrumentally it goes darker, but lyrically it doesn't really. Um, And I think that it's a little bit different probably for that reason as much as anything. Hmm. Are you someone that usually likes to write like a big arc in a song compared Mm, to... Yeah, hugely. Yeah, I I think from like... Um, I think from loving like traditional folk music and how there's always like it's like there is a there's an introduction (laughs) there's like it's there's a whole winding story and then at the end there is a kind of clear conclusion Um, yeah I like I like an arc in a story and more than anything I would say like musically and dynamically like I just I love contrast and I feel like it's so exciting to play songs that are contrasty live so I'm always striving for that I think Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes me think right away of Heaven, because Heaven, I mean, Heaven's such a, a big song, sonically, and there's a lot of contrasts, this idea of, like, I really don't understand the point, we just mm. lose in life, <laughs> we suffer. Yeah, but, but still, hold on. Yeah, still. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. it's got that big kind of, like, not, like, moral of the story, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a sort of... Again, it it kind of has an arc. You're going through something bigger than just kind of capturing tiny little moments. It's a little more mm. existential. So yeah, I guess Waiting Game does really sit on its own because of that. But I love that kind of songwriting too. There's something so intimate and lovely and to your words, earnest, about getting to zoom in on those little moments. And mm. I don't know, there's something oddly comforting about it. Because it's familiar, I guess, you mm. know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess every, every most people, I'm sure everyone has been in that situation where they're just full of like hope and 
like childish excitement about something that's going to happen um and it's quite sensual i guess and quite um yeah i don't know it's 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 i i feel like in some ways it's more elegant i think this is i mean it's confusing to me in some ways that i could write that i would write something more sensual for example writing with somebody else i f feel like that that's actually quite a surprise but i think it it just felt like such a mood as soon as it got started that it made sense to just to follow it basically yeah and i mean just from at least hearing this record i feel like you go on i guess you kind of sit on both sides of that line really well like you're able to embrace those like more sensual or softer sounds and you're able to bring in more grit and sometimes even put them in the same song and mm. Like you said, contrast is fun. It's just, mm. it's more interesting when you have more than one thing going on. Um, I guess last but not least is, well, th well, the last song. I mean, I don't know when you specifically finish this album, but it very much, you know, it points to a future where things are coming back out. You know, we're getting out of the woodwork of everything. You know, it's spring again. Things are starting to bloom Again, it's a regeneration of life after mm. everything that we've all just collectively mm -hmm. been through. <laughs> but I wonder, it almost feels like it's a little bit prophetic. Because again, I just think about like the time it takes to mix an album and write an album. I'm guessing that you wrote it long before things started to open up again. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> I think it was... Um, when I wrote it, basically, I just had this vision of like personal growth and personal renewal and feeling like okay I feel open to the world again in a way that I haven't for a little while kind of coming out of a darker period I guess and when I finished it I was like I would love for this to come out just at the beginning of the spring like just as those first couple of like sunny warmer days where you just realize there is hope around the corner like <laughs> everything is going to change and it's going to be beautiful and originally it was meant to come out in early March here where it would have been I mean it's impossible to predict the weather but <laughs> the idea was it's got to tie in perfectly and then things got quite delayed and it was supposed to come out in the middle of the al album campaign uh, in spring and things got delayed by a couple of months so it was going to come out in May June and about three three weeks before it was due to come out I was like guys we have to change this we have to change this it has to come out first it has to tie in with that feeling like it's so important that you hear it and you've experienced that exact thing and here as well things were just about to start opening up a little bit more and it just it was a real um perfect perfect tie-in it's very rare that I would say a release you have any sort of um luck really with like the timing of when you planned for it to come out and it coming out actually happens but with this one I just basically put my foot down and was like guys wait stop everything like it has to happen I'm so glad I mean we're all really glad that that's how it worked out because I think people really um connected with it for that reason like it it made so much sense in the time uh, I mean hopefully it'll be listened to year round but I'm gonna plug it especially hard every spring <laughs> I mean, it's very, very spring relevant. Mm. Yeah. Also, it's, I mean, this year in particular for getting anything to get released on time has been a little bit of a nightmare. I mean, mm. being someone who works a lot with artists and has to 
has had to move quite a few episodes around in the past just due to albums getting rescheduled. Mm. Yeah, you got really lucky. You got yeah. really, really, really lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel I feel really grateful that things are coming together. Like with even like physical manufacture of vinyl, like that's been. I know everyone is having such a headache with that, and I am delighted, <laughs> delighted to to know. Even though it's been hair raising as well, like they are here in the country. I'm going to sign them on like early next week and they're going to be with people. Um, I mean, I'm not going to jinx it, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot Mark more stuff could have gone wrong. I'm sure there's lots of stuff that could yet go wrong. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I've been really lucky and my team have worked really hard to bring it together. So that's, I mean, I'm endlessly grateful, basically. Yeah. And adding one more thing to this, because you said like, I mean, you wrote the song where you were in a place of more acceptance. So... I guess somewhere amidst the lockdown and amidst everything, did you find that sort of peace for yourself maybe long before the circumstances sort of lined up? I feel like I am um, least, I mean, this isn't necessarily a thing that will serve me well for the rest of my life, but I'm definitely at my most kind of questioning and sad when I feel a little bit aimless. And writing as a kind of period of time it does not feel <laughs> like I am achieving much, especially if it's a battle. I think as soon as we started recording, I had something more tangible to focus on and kind of aims in a plan and things that just make me feel more secure in life and like I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And um, And once the album, yeah, really got going, although it was like hard and intense on a day-to-day -day basis, on a kind of... Mm, like higher up level I just felt more at peace basically and like I know what I have to get up for every day like it's it's I think it's probably quite dangerous how much of my identity and like peace of mind is tied in with with work um, essentially <laughs> but <laughs> I just I always wanted I, I always wanted to be like completely I wanted my work to be my life and that's and that's what I've got. <laughs> so I just have to find a way to to manage it, I guess. Available now wherever you normally get your music. This podcast is hosted, produced and edited by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.